Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Go pay some bills right now. But when we come back, uh, Mo Moten is coming on, and he said, he just tweeted out, He's got some thoughts, you guys, uh, on this roster. He's got some thoughts on this roster discussion. Can't wait to get to it. You are uh, in the morning tailgate with Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonsignor, and Devon Cotton. Tailgating. Tailgating. Yeah, tailgating's always a blast. Yeah! It's time to start your Raider football day with the morning tailgate with your hosts, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. Brought to you by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group and Tuscany Suites and Casinos on Raider Nation Radio. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. It is a Thursday. You are uh, in the morning tailgate with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. We're talking rosters. We're talking roster rankings. We're talking um, blasphemy, miffed. I think you used the word miffed. Yes. Um, we're I'm talking using big words for myself today. <laughs> we're talking getting overlooked. We're talking um, maybe Raider bias. What other cliches can we use here, Demon Cotton? Before we get to our, our good friend Mo Moten. Um, man, I think you've you've hit some real good ones there. Myth, um, mystified, blasphemy, blasphemy. Although I mean, I'm not uh, sure if I've used East myth Coast bias properly. Oh yeah, we were talking about that because up here on ESPN, the first take they're talking about like you know the a uh, the uh, NFC East teams, and I'm like. Yeah, they always want to talk about NFC East team, and most of the time it's because of the market. The Let's Eagles, not get into it. The it's, Commanders, yeah, it's the Giants, the Cowboys, big media markets. Right, exactly. They always seem to win. Well, we're going to go right out uh, to the Realty One Group uh, listener line, guest line, actually, uh, and bring in our good friend Mo Moten. Um, he is an NFL national writer and truth teller, by the way. We're going to try to get some truth out of him. <laughs> you don't today. have to try. No, I want the I want the hard, cold truth. Right now, here and now, about this uh, ESPN's uh, roster rankings. And I know Mo uh, from Bleacher Report, SB Nation Today, uh, lead columnist over uh, at SportsNot as well. Uh, Mo, what it, well, first of all, thanks for taking some time to uh, spend with us uh, this morning in the tailgate. How are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty well. I heard you call my full government earlier. But yes. I guess that's what happens when you don't speak to a person. So this is my first time speaking to... I, I guess I had to call him Vincent now. If yes. it's call him Vinny, I'm in trouble him. now. I think I'm the We're only right. one here that you know <laughs> goes by their full given name. Yeah, I'm in trouble when it's Vincent. Uh oh. We're, we're, we're squared away now. If I can call you Vinny, you can call me Mo. All right, Mo. You got it, man. You got it. <laughs> tell him, Mo. Tell him. All right, Mo. Let's get right to it, Mr. Truth Teller. I need you to give me the cold hard truth on these rankings, brother. Yeah, I, I hate to sound like a homer on this one, but I looked at this yesterday, and I felt like the waves were way too low. I'm with you guys. I think they're in the top half. Just doing a couple of – just doing some research. I'll rattle off the teams that I think they're ahead of really quick. The Dolphins at 10, question me. Of Tua, course. Mm. I, I mean, I think Derek Carr is a way better quarterback than Tua. Tua still has to prove himself. Their defense is mediocre last year. Yeah, they brought in uh, Tyreek Hill, but can Tua use him the same way Patrick Mahomes used 
Colts at 15, Matt Ryan at 37 years old, they have some offensive line questions. They don't have a proven wide receiver other than Michael Pittman. Yes, they have a strong defense, but the Reds can put up a lot more points than the Colts on a, on a weekly basis. You guys mentioned it, the Commanders, their defense took a step back last year. Carson Wentz, again, Derek Carr is ahead of Carson Wentz on the QB rankings, on anyone's rankings, I would assume. Chase Young coming off of a torn ACL. That defense, eh, a little shaky. The Patriots definitely baffled me. I think the Patriots are going to actually finish last in the AFC East. They don't even have a, a legit OC. They lost Josh McDaniels, of course, to the Raiders, who's now the head coach of the Raiders. They might have Matt Patricia, who's basically a defensive <laughs> coordinator, failed head coach, be their yeah. OC. I don't like that for Matt Jones. They have no explosive weapons either. The Vikings, okay, I can see they're one of the surprise teams I had making a playoff in the upcoming season. Me and DeMond had, had a conversation about the Saints, but he knows how I feel about the Titans. Traylon Burks, also a slow start. Derrick Henry, is he headed down the same path as Christian McCaffrey with the injuries? We'll see. They have some O-line questions. I believe they lost two offensive linemen. They have Robert Woods coming off the torn ACL. Ryan Tannehill did look like the same quarterback after the team lost Arthur Smith to the Atlanta Falcons. So Testify. that's my big question about the Titans. Those are the teams <laughs> that I have below the Raiders. I agree, and uh, it just it's 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 you know why do you think it is though, Mo? Why why do you think that? Uh, what what are we what what are we seeing that they're not seeing, or what are they not seeing? How could you not see Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and Chandler Jones and Max Crosby and Trayvon Morrig and Nate Hobbs? How could they not see this, Mo? Again, I hate to sound like a homer, but the Raiders are overlooked a lot. And I would say the last two years, I've taken the over on their win total, and I've been right in the national media. A lot of national media has been wrong on it. And I just think that when it comes to the Raiders roster, yeah, Devontae Adams is there, yeah, Darren Wall is there, Hunter Renfro. But I think it comes down to the quarterback. I still think Derek Carr doesn't get enough respect, and I think he's going to play like a top 10, eight, top 8 to 10 quarterback this year with the weapons he has. Because when you look at these, when you look on social media, you see, all oh, the AFC West is going to be so tough, and you see all the graphics. You hear all about Justin Herbert, his, and what he's going to be his third year. You hear all about Patrick Mahomes, of course, because he has a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, they get all the spotlight. And then when you get to Derek Carr, it's like, eh, Derek Carr. He's kind of a, pol- let's be honest, he's kind of a polarizing player in the league. There are some people who really like him, mm-hmm. and some people who are like, ah, he's not good enough. So I think it comes down to the quarterback, and people just don't believe in Derek Carr yet. So when I look at the AFC West rankings on here, that's what I think more so I looked at than anything. You got the Chargers at three, the Chiefs at nine. I believe the Broncos are over at 14 and then the Raiders at 21. If you try to use that as any barometer for what, you know, the national perception might be on how the AFC West rankings shake out at, at the end of the season, you know, do you think that there's any veracity to what they've put out there for those rankings uh I, I would disagree a bit i think it's a little closer than what they have like they have you know all the afc teams and i believe the top 14 15 and they have the Raiders down at 21 i i put out my uh win-loss record predictions about a month or two ago and i basically have the Chargers 11 and 6 and i have the raiders chiefs and broncos all at 10 and 7 so i have every team in the afc west winning 10 games now i agree with you heidi i believe that AFC West division is going to come down to the last week. I think you're going to have two or three teams battling for a wild card spot in that division because it's going to be tough. And I think it's going to come down to teams being 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, and whoever has a tiebreaker. We all know those tiebreakers can be very, very complicated at the end of the year. I think that's what it's going to come down to between the Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos. 
So as I have started looking over some things that you've recently put out, Mo, something, one of your more recent articles that intrigued me was the uh, one where you're kind of assessing the secondary and the cornerbacks. And when you think about the ranking, something Vinny and I were discussing earlier on was like, can you rely on the strength of the secondary to help to boost this team improve? Now, what do you think about the, the t- one and the two when you look at Trayvon Mullen, Rocky Yassin, what they can do for this defense? I think Trayv- I've always been a big proponent of Trayvon Mullen. I think he's going to be a solid starter if he could stay healthy. I know his numbers dipped a little bit between his rookie and his second year, but I think he's a pretty solid starter. Is he a shutdown guy? Not yet. But I think he, he's, he's a quality cornerback. Rocky Sin is the question mark for me. A lot of people are assuming that he's going to start, and I would say not so fast. If you're going to write out your depth charts, put it in pencil, not pen. Uh, his former cornerback coach of the Colts said two things that he needs to get better at. Hand placement, so he can cut down on the penalties, which he's done. He's gone from nine to six to three penalties in his three years. But he has to play the ball a lot better. It's reflective in the statistics. Only two interceptions in three years. So if he can do those things, if he can put that together, he could be a solid corner, but it's still a question mark. I tell people I think Anthony Averett is the sleeper in the cornerback room. If Rocky Austin cannot step it up, I think, I think Anthony Averett is a late bloomer. First time starter last year with the Ravens, and he played very, very well. Three interceptions, 11 pass breakups. 55.4% completion rate allowed, 775 passer rating allowed. So I think he's the guy to look at if Rocky Austin is not the guy. Because the Raiders need to force turnovers. They had the third fewest turnovers forced last year at 15. That's always been an issue with them. And as you know, that you know with, with Abram, kind of a liability in coverage. You know, Merrick let a couple of interceptions slip. I remember clearly the, the commander's game. They probably could have won that game if he, if he holds on to it. So they need to force turnovers. And Rocky Austin, if he can do that, I think he can solidify a spot. Again, if not, it's going to be Avery. I'm right there with you, Mo. And I think that whoever wins that cornerback spot when you're talking mm-hmm. about Anthony Averett uh, and Rocky Yassin, you also have to then look at, okay, who doesn't win it also is pretty good depth right there. Whether it's Averett or, or Rocky Yassin, that's not a bad option to have. Uh, as your rotational cornerback. So I think that the the whoever wins it is going to earn it, and then whoever the backup is is going to provide some strength uh, as a backup. But sticking with the secondary, you mentioned Jonathan Abram. Uh, I know he's kind of a polarizing uh, player uh, in, his, in his own right. Uh, I thought he turned a corner a little bit last year, being utilized correctly as that box safety, playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think that's where he's going to be used. That's how, how he has to be used uh, with the Raiders. But what do you see um, in terms of what Jonathan Abram uh, can, can take charge with and maybe build off of from last year? Yeah, I think he's better, as you said, close to, obviously close to the line of scrimmage. Um, I think he has to learn to play with controlled aggression. I think he's done a better job doing that because, you know, I believe he's had two shoulder surgeries in his career. So he brings the energy, but he's got to protect himself on the field when he makes his tackles because if he blows a guy up, he could blow, also blow his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gotten better at that. And you see he's more composed even at the podium. I think every year you've seen the maturity of Jonathan Abram where he's less and less you know, out there when he's talking to the media or, or just less out of control. And again, I use that phrase, uh, controlled aggression. I think he's got a hang of that. He just has to put it together, and he has to be a little better in coverage. Now, of course, Patrick Graham has to put him in position to flourish. I don't think he's a good fit in a too-high look. He may lose uh, use Deron Harmon in that, in that type of alignment. But if you're moving him close to the line of scrimmage to support the run, maybe follow the tight end, five yards away from the line of scrimmage, fine. But as you get deeper downfield, I, I think you got to let Trayvon Merrick and, and the cornerbacks or maybe Deron Harmon take over in coverage. But Abram has to stay close to the line of scrimmage 
and against their control, not 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 out of control aggression. So I want to dig into the linebackers a little bit, just because we really haven't done a deep dive on them yet. And I know that you're always on top of these things when you're putting together your columns most. So when you take a look at the core three that they have projected here on PFF, like Jayon Brown, who I find to be a very interesting um, player and, and somebody that I think could be an improvement for the linebacker core. But then you look at the rating that they gave him, I think, I think it's a 53 or something like that. Then you have Denzel Perryman. Divine Diablo and Divine Diablo needing to come up um, in a big way and step up this year at, in that position. How do you make th- that they might work out, and particularly in the Patrick Graham defense? I think there's going to be a rotation. Uh, I mean, Denzel Perryman just coming off of a Pro Bowl year. They were talking about maybe he gets an extension. We'll see about that. I, I, I think he's going to be the Blake Martinez of this defense, similar to how Patrick Graham used Blake Martinez okay. with the Giants. Basically, he's a tackle machine, not going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, a cover guy, really. Right. Uh, that's not his strong suit. He's more, he's better, a lot better going downhill. Very sure tackler, but I think he, you know, he's the guy. He's the guy in the middle. Then you mentioned Jayon Brown. I think he's an underrated pickup, as you just mentioned. Uh, had some good years with the Titans. Uh, I'm sure DeMond can talk about that. But um, <laughs> up and down, but I think overall, he's a, he's a better cover defender at the linebacker position. I think Devon Diablo played well in that Denzel Perryman at the end of last year. I think that's what a lot of people are missing. I know he had a red jersey uh, during spring practices, but I, I think if he gets a, a expanded role, I think he's going to be a pretty good player in Patrick Grant's defense because he can cover, he can go downhill. I think he's a complete three-down linebacker. The sleeper in that group, I think, is Darian Butler, the undrafted player out of Arizona State. Of course, he's familiar with Antonio Pierce, who's a linebacker coach, and was his yep. cold, was his defensive coordinator at the collegiate level. I think he's going to be the sleeper guy. He shed some weight last year, looked better in coverage. Another guy who could be a complete three-down linebacker. Mo, um, for the first time in a long time, uh, the Raiders don't have a desperate need for rookies to come in and man starting <laughs> positions. Um, and I think that's indicative of where that roster is. Uh, compared to where it's been uh, in the past. Um, and so guys that uh, of this rookie class uh, that, that play are going to earn their way. It's not going to be because they have to have them, you know, barring injuries, of course. But right off the bat, mm-hmm. uh, they, don't, they don't really need these guys to step up as starters. But um, there are some guys that I think uh, have a chance to earn some rotational uh, roles and maybe push further uh, beyond that. Um, as you look at this rookie class, uh, who in particular uh, jumps out as a candidate to to maybe get a rotation role uh, and play an important role this year? Well, I have two. Uh, first, Dylan Parham. I think he has a chance to start at right guard. Of course, um, he was his first draft pick in the third round. I think that right guard spot is pretty wide open if Alex Otherwood is indeed the starter at right tackle, which he's taking most of the reps there through spring practices. I think that position is open. Now, I know people are going to say, well, what about Denzel Good? Well, he's coming off of a torn ACL. I believe he's 31 years old, and I've mentioned this. I think he could be a surprise cut. And if he is, I think Parham slips into that, into that right guard position and starts. The other guy I'm looking at, and I've talked about this on previous shows, Matthew Butler is the guy I think could be uh, play 60% of the stats on the defensive line. He played in a very, he played what they call a multiple front in Tennessee, and that's what Patrick Graham wants to do. So he's equipped, and he understands what that means and how to, and how to, play in different alignments. So I think he's the guy to watch out for. We can get a, a defensive, an interior defensive line with him, Jonathan Hankins, stop and run, and Bilal Nichols. I think that group is going to be pretty good and be an underrated group next year of this coming season. 
Hey, Mo, you said so many words there that I just want to play off of and <laughs> with, with everything to do with Patrick Graham's defense. And I've really liked your insight on it. And I, I think one of the things that intrigues me most, and I want to get your take on this, is that kind of joker player that he likes to have. And I, I don't know maybe if that's an Abram. I don't know if maybe that's like um, somebody else that is in the secondary that I haven't thought of. But when you start to think of how he can use these sub packages and bring somebody in that might look like they're going to be in coverage and then they bring them up, you know, play play like a box role. What, what do you think uh, about who can fill that role and do really well in it for the Raiders? I think Abram can actually fill that role. I think he can play a role similar to Jabril Peppers. Yeah. Jabril Peppers is kind of like kind of a, a disappointment. He's the first round pick of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he goes to the Giants. He was traded to the Giants. Matches up with Patrick Graham, and Patrick he had his best season under Patrick Graham. So I see I see Jonathan Abram in the same mold as Jabril Peppers. But I'll give you a, a sizzling hot take here. Sizzling. Now I'm not. I don't. I don't read into you know spring practices too much, and I don't want to because you know guys are running around their t-shirts and shorts or whatever, right. no padded practices. Mm. But what if Amik Robinson turns into that that player mm. that moves between the slot and the outside? And I know he's he played on the outside of Louisiana Tech. You know he he had a couple of he had some slot reps. Didn't play well last season. Uh, I believe he gave a three touchdown three touchdowns in consecutive games. But I. I there was some buzz about him and his versatility during the spring. And I'm wondering, could he play that nickelback outside position, kind of kind of shift between the two spots and kind of salvage his tenure with the Raiders? Of course, a lot of people say, well, you know, he needs to be cut. I, I will say this. Sometimes when a new coach that comes in, they could tap into the player's uh, potential. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see that from Nick Robinson. Yeah, uh, you put on the tape of him uh, at Louisiana Tech. The guy can play football. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and somehow, some way. Someone's going to have to unlock that, and maybe this is the staff uh, to do this. Uh, Mo Moten, thank you so much for spending your morning with us today uh, on the Morning Tailgate. Truly appreciate uh, all the insight. Uh, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll, we'll get you back on uh, in the not-so-distant future. <laughs> of course. Appreciate it, Vinny. Appreciate you guys having me. Later, Mo. You too. That was great stuff uh, from Mo Moten, uh, bringing the heat as he always does. You are listening to the Morning Tailgate Show. It is a Thursday. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. 8.30 in the morning, we're going to have Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal uh, here to talk about rankings, ratings, all of that type stuff. Hot, 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 hot. The grill is still sizzling and the drinks are cold. <laughs> So let's get back to your morning tailgate with Clay Baker on R&R 920 AM. Right back out to the Realty One Group listener like is Raider 66 wants to talk Raiders. What's up, Raider 66? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, Heidi. Hey, Cindy. Uh, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, whoever made that list out, I got three words for him. Dude be tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I mean, for crying out loud! And I don't know. Maybe the pre- one of the previous callers had it right. Maybe it's in deference to uh, Cliff Branch going in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> or maybe it's because we're in Vegas. You know, you go to the, uh, the table. But uh, yeah, the media, as somebody said historically, is has not given the Raiders their due, and and don't expect them to. I mean, uh, Raider Nation, like uh, Raider Man, Raider Reggie, Papa Meach, you got Gangster Raider and Two Eleven. We all know, not just for years, but for decades, that this has been happening. So the, those of you new to Raider Nation, just chill. 
uh, just deal with it. Uh, that's what we have to do. But I have to, uh, I have to wonder a little bit about um, maybe the schedule might have had something to do with this. I know it's a formula about the talent, but you know, the only thing that makes sense is that the NFL and their want for competitive balance. You know, they've got uh, Denver ranked ahead of us, and uh, Denver's always ahead of us. And I talked to Q several weeks ago because he was having trouble sleeping. I said, here's what helps me sleep. It's the NFL schedule, and the Broncos have got a fourth-place schedule. So they get to play a lot easier schedule, so to speak, than the Raiders. Plus, you've got that 17th game now, and that's a fourth-place team as well, where the Raiders got to play a second-place team. So you've got the schedule in there. And then you're talking about the Commanders. Um, the whole NFC East, I think, is at the bottom of the, uh, the NFL power, uh, you know, um, the strength of schedule. So that may play something into it. But, you know, Raider Nation, don't trip over the lack of respect. It's just uh, a way of life. But uh, do be tripping, man. You guys have a great day. Dude, definitely be tripping. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if it was something about, like, the records and projected records, uh, that's a whole different formula. They're straight saying that this is the roster and whose rosters are the best top to bottom. And uh, according to ESPN slash Pro Football Focus, the Raiders had the 21st best roster in the NFL. I uh, completely reject that. Back out to the Realty One Group listener line, Sean in Baltimore. How you doing, Sean? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Heidi? All so- right, all right. Thanks for the call. When it comes to that power rankings, man, I don't even pay attention to that because nobody telling me they thought Cincinnati was going to be in the Super Bowl last year. Right. Maybe be good, but sure. no, they ain't nobody think that. But I want to talk about what Mo Mo just said about um, I mean, Robinson rolling to the nickel. I've been saying it a long time. I think I talked to you one time, Vinny, that we already have a number one uh, cornerback on our team. He's playing a slack. I mean, Hobbs, Hobbs in college used to play on the outside. So he could roll on the outside just the meat going to that middle and to the flat, you got to take on pulling guards. Exactly. And he's too, he too small to do that. I live in Baltimore, man, right outside of Baltimore. I've seen every play, but he's not going to the fight. only person I can say going to slide is uh, the guy we just got from the Colts. And that's maybe. But Hobbs, Hobbs can play on that outside. We just, you move him, then we got a big opening that's, and especially nowadays, 75% of our defense is running in the nickel all the time. So that's all I want to say. Y'all have a nice morning. Appreciate it, Sean. Yeah, Thank um, you. I'm not – Oh, I'm not in favor of, you know, theoretically, Nate Hobbs can be a perimeter cornerback without question, I believe. But by doing that, then you open up a huge hole at an extremely important position at slot cornerback. Yeah, and I think that he has a good point there. The size of uh, Meek Robertson is just he's a little undersized to be able to handle that in the in the box. Yeah, because you're you're gonna have to stop the run, and there's a bunch of big old offensive linemen that are hunting for you. So um, it's it's. I'm not, you know, um, keep Nate Hobbs right where he is. Uh, coming up at 8.30, uh, Sam Gordon, our good friend from the Las Vegas Review, Jur- Review Journal, Vegas Nation, will be joining us. Uh, it's the Morning Tailgate Show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. Now back to Clay Baker with your Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I think the Raiders are going to be all right. We going to be all right. In spite of what uh, ESPN and Pro Football Focus thinks about their roster, ranking them number 21, 
I think, uh, I think the Raiders are going to be all right. And we're going to go out uh, to our Raider Nation guest line, welcome in our good friend, colleague, over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, we all know Sam Gordon's going to bring the heat and the enlightenment. Sam Gordon, thanks so much for joining us uh, in the morning tailgate this morning. How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. My, my pleasure. Appreciate you having me. How y'all doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. I'm going to speak for the group here. Uh, I think we're doing <laughs> the, the I'm the, I'm the, I'm the uh, spokesman for the, uh, for the morning <laughs> tailgate this morning. Uh, we are doing good, Sam. Thank you for asking. Sam Gordon, we're talking about um, ESPN slash Pro Football Focus uh, ranked the NFL rosters yesterday from top to bottom, 1 to 32. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see that uh, ranking, but um, if you have, pretend like you haven't. And if you haven't, uh, let's run with it. Where do you think the Raiders would rank uh, by ESPN uh, in terms of their roster, 1 to 32? Where do the Raiders rank? Well, where I believe the Raiders rank, man, I'm going to pretend I haven't seen the list. Any, I would say that the Raiders are around the middle of the pack, anywhere from like 12 to like 17 or so. Uh, how am I doing? Am I right? Uh, not so much, Sam. Not so much at all. Um, according to ESPN slash Pro Football Focus, the Raiders have the 21st ranked roster in the NFL. What is that? How, how does that sit with Sam Gordon? Um, that feels a little low, Vinny. It, it feels a little low, and again, I haven't, you know, I haven't necessarily done the deep dive on all these rosters per se. So I just want to put out put that out there as, as a full disclaimer. But just on the top, you know, off the top of my head, right? Um, this is an offense that I think we know is has the potential to be very good, um, despite some question marks on the offensive line and a defense that I think at all three levels. Um, it's solid. Uh, not not necessarily spectacular, but solid. And this again, let's not forget. You know, this was a playoff team last season, a team that went ten and seven and pushed the uh, AFC representative in the Super Bowl uh, to you know the brink uh, with a goal to go opportunity late in the fourth quarter with the opportunity to tie or win the game. So, uh, with that in mind, considering what the Raiders have added, uh, adding you know the top two or three or one uh, receiver in the league, a perennial All Pro pass rusher, I know of course some players. Um, shuffled out of there, but it, it seems a little low. I'm not. I'm not. I'm by no means contending that the Raiders have a top five roster in the league or a top ten roster in the league. I, I don't think that's the case. But when we're talking about 21st, that's the bottom third of the NFL. And again, we're talking about a playoff team that upgraded its roster. Um, so to me, that that just feels uh, a little low uh, when when you present that number to me. Definitely feels low. Sam Gordon, yes or no? Questions. Uh, rapid fire. Do the Phil- <laughs> do the Raiders yep. have a better roster than the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. Do the Raiders have a better roster than the Miami Dolphins? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they do. Quarterback's part of the roster. They have yes. Do the Raiders have a better roster than the New Orleans Saints? No. Ooh. The Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Ooh. I would say they're in the same tier. I think the Ravens have a little better roster. The Denver Broncos. Oh, same thing. Same tier. Uh, Denver might be a little better, but it's not. I don't think it's a gaping hole. The Indianapolis Colts. Indy has a better roster. Is it the offensive line that you think kind of puts them over because they have a little bit more stability there, I think, than maybe the Raiders do, and that can help yeah. out these guys? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, Heidi. Quentin Nelson is as good of an offensive lineman, I think, as we've seen uh, in the league. They, they, they're solid on the perimeter. 
Um, and defensively, you have some, you know, you have some star players around Darius Leonard. So um, they're not. I don't think it's a, again a glaring gap um, between the roster, uh, Indianapolis and the Raiders. But I like a, a little more what they have, and you're right, uh, what they have up front tilted for me just a little bit. And a guy named Jonathan Taylor, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he, does, he certainly doesn't hurt. Right, but you go, you go, Jonathan uh, Taylor. I go Devonte Adams. <laughs> you know, uh, sure. you want to talk about Darren Waller. You want to talk about Hunter Renfro. You want to talk about Derek Carr. So yes, Jonathan Taylor. To me, I'd take him on any team that I was the coach of or running. Uh, but you start going player for player, star for star. I think the Raiders, um, you know, uh, are, are right there with pretty much anybody in the NFL. And the reason I bring up the Colts and all those teams, I'm I'm, I'm with you, uh, Sam. I think that there's, you know, hey, you could go either way, maybe in some of these. Teams teams and wow that yep. would be pretty close but the point is all of those teams that i just mentioned uh were either in the top 10 or the top 15 and so Ooh, you know what really? i'm saying so like so like if if we're if we're in agreement that the raiders are right there or maybe even a little bit better than than uh, most of those teams that we or all of those teams that we just talked about i just don't see how they can be 21st and those guys can be in the top 10 yeah, 20, 21, it feels low. I mean, just on like, you know, just off the top of my head when I think about this, right? Because, because I don't want to, I don't want to go directly off the rankings. I want to, you know, do our rankings here. Um, I like the Raiders roster better than Jacksonville, uh, Tennessee, uh, at this point. Who else is in the AFC South? Houston, of course, uh, most of the NFC East with the exception of, of Dallas. Uh, you go to the, the Eagles North. are seven. It's, uh, seven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That just feels a little high. I mean, do we all? I know that they made upgrades, and, and I'm not saying they're not a contender in the NFC East, but where's the team that limped into the playoffs last year and was blown off the field by Tampa Bay? Mm. Um, speaking of Tampa Bay in the NFC South, I mean, Carolina's a disaster. Atlanta's no good. I mean, there's there's eight or nine teams right there off the top of my head. If you want to put the Raiders at 21st, we do a real deep dive. It just feels low. It feels low. It feels to me like the Ra- again the Raiders right at, at you know at the at the bottom end. Uh, it would be in the middle of the pack, and you know you can make a case, right, Vinny, that it's a top third, you know, top third roster in the NFL. It's a, it's a playoff team that got better. Twenty one just feels way too low. Only fourteen teams make the playoffs. The Raiders made the playoffs last year. Not, I know that doesn't necessarily mean they have one of the fourteen best rosters, but it's a different roster now. It's better. There's more stars. It's a better roster, right? Yeah. And I think, too, when you mentioned the NFC South, you talk about some of those teams, man. They got some murky waters to trudge through in the coming season. But when I'm starting to think about the Raiders and where they can establish themselves, I think that every team in this grouping um, done by Pro Football Focus has been given an X-Factor candidate that's really going to help to elevate the team. In your opinion, who is that X-Factor? Oh, jeez. Um... Great question, Heidi. When we're talking about X Factor, we're not talking about like the, like an obvious superstar per se, correct? Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, it could be you know somebody that you think hasn't been seen. I mean, uh, the obvious candidates could be like a Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. Those are all upgrades that you know that I think are going to help the team in some way, shape, or form. But when you think X Factor, is there somebody maybe that we're overlooking that you think could really contribute to this team that is going to make a difference? Yeah. How about Nate Hobbs? How about when Nate we hear X Factor, yeah, he's a guy that comes to mind for me. Um, he was one of the best nickel corners in the NFL last year, and I think there's, I think he's got another gear um, he can get to. You know, I think there was, you know, folks this summer when talking about Nate Hobbs, I think were relatively coy about what his role may be, right? And that means I think 
maybe there's a chance we see him, and it's something Vinny and I have touched on on our podcast too, first and 10, VegasNation.com, um, touched on that maybe he's just going to be deployed as like a playmaker this year. He, he, hey, I mean, he checks all the boxes in terms of what you want physically. Uh, he's an instinctual playmaker. I thought he was one of the best players on the defense last year uh, as a rookie with an opportunity to get better. And versatility uh, on both sides of the ball, right, um, is, is a huge piece of that. And that, for when you talk about somebody in the secondary that I feel like has a lot more upside to make more, you know, make plays, he feels to me like, like, like a guy in Patrick Graham's scheme with better players around him and, and more support around him um, that is poised to, to maybe make a leap and, and become exactly what you said, X-factor um, on that defensive side of the ball. I think we know what we're going to get from the Raiders offensively health permitting, right? Even if that offensive line uh, isn't, isn't one of the better units in the league, there's still enough there uh, with what you have on the perimeter and with a very good quarterback in Derek Carr for this offense to be super productive. So if we're talking about X-factor, I think it's got to be somebody on the defensive side of the ball, and he, he seems to me like somebody poised to make a big leap and have an opportunity to be a real, a real difference maker again in the second season. Big leaps is something that I think a lot of this team will need. There's so many candidates that could put themselves in a position for that next big leap to become the next big thing on the Raiders team. And particularly when I talk about that, I think about the Raiders defense. There's a couple guys, maybe a few, that I'm thinking really can make a leap in this coming year under Patrick Graham. Uh, is there anyone right now, Divine Diablo, Malcolm Coons, Jonathan Abram, that might stand out to you that you think if this player takes a giant leap into next year and really does make tons of improvements that can help this team, what player would you put that on? How about the Ben Diablo, Heidi? Uh, first name you mentioned. I, I really liked what I saw from him uh, at the end of last season. Of course, it took time for him to get on the field, dealing with some injuries, whatnot, trends, uh, changing positions, uh, going from safety uh, in college to linebacker at the NFL. But when you look at kind of tools that you want a modern linebacker to have, you, you know, you have to, of course, be effective in the run game. But I think he has, you know, a lot of upside and coverage, being that he is a former defensive back. I mean, the game, the game's changed, right? The NFL has evolved to the point where you, it's, it's, a, it's a perimeter game now. It's a speed-oriented game, and, and it calls for players to be able to be versatile, like we talked about, be super versatile and be able to do a number of things at a high level. Um, and he, to me, uh, you know, former third-round pick, um, feels like a guy, you know, another guy poised um, for a bigger role potentially uh, in year two, depending on um, how things go in training camp and what Patrick Graham sees and somebody that has the tools um, and has shown that, you know, in flashes at the end of last year, flash uh, coverage, coverage skills, flash making plays uh, around the line of scrimmage and stopping the run. So he, to me, um, feels like somebody poised to, to, to make a, a leap also, um, you, you know, going back to the X Factor question, how about Alex Leatherwood, right? I, yeah. I know, you know, it was an up and down, you know, whatever you would make of what make of it what you will, his role in OTAs and, and, and mini camp and where he was practicing and whatnot. But if you want to talk about a guy that's another potential X Factor or somebody that can help this team uh, improve with his individual improvement, if yeah. he can, if he can, I mean, I'm not, I'm not writing him off yet. He's a former first round pick. Some guys take longer to develop than others. If he makes a leap, that's going to pay dividends for the offensive line and, of course, the offense as a whole. Good call. All right, Sam Gordon, uh, moving you into Dave Ziegler's office right now. <laughs> I'm okay. giving you some money. I'm going to give you some money, okay. too. I'm not, I'm not sending you in there empty-handed, all right? You're okay, gonna, you're gonna have, that. Yes, you're going to have some money to make. To, you're going to have some money to spend. We've got a couple of weeks before training camp starts. 
Um, so uh, you get to make an improvement on this roster. Where do you go to make that improvement? And if you have any name or names uh, that you might be willing to write a check to, who would it be? Oh, geez. Um, that is a great question, Vinny. I got I to gotta think here. I, I got a little bit of money to spend. Um, how about, you know, you want to talk about offense, right? You want to talk about this offense going to another level. How about Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh, uh, is, it, is that a ridiculous suggestion? Um, we know he's coming off the ACL. Uh, we understand he's probably not going to be available to the middle of the season. But if you're talking about firepower, like he showed that he still has a little something left in the tank, albeit in a very different role than he than than last season or, or than than previously in New York. Now he's more of a complimentary receiver, uh, working out of the slot. But he was I thought a huge difference maker. Um, in L.A., and, you know, it, it would be a, uh, a splashy move, definitely a sexy move, and maybe not necessarily addressing an area of need. But how exciting would that be, adding Odell Beckham Jr. to an offense that already features three of the best players um, at their respective positions? Um, <laughs> outside, of, outside, outside of him, um, I, I, I still contend I would not be averse to bringing in another veteran um, on this offensive line, just for competition, just for experience, just for depth. Um, purposes, it still uh, you know seems like it's uh, going to be a younger unit, and it's still relatively young um, as of right now. Uh, again, not not averse to bringing in um, a veteran and potentially uh, another defensive back, a veteran defensive back to compete with the young guys um, on that side of the ball. But where things stand right now, Vinny, um, all things considered, I think the Raiders did a relatively good job. You're not going to be able to solve every issue during the off season with the salary cap and with the structure and with other teams. Also spending money and prioritizing good players, like that's just not realistic. But from where things stand and looking at this roster now, um, compared to last year, uh, outside of the offensive line um, and some depth at certain areas, it doesn't seem like there's any glaring or gaping holes. Doesn't mean they're elite everywhere, but it doesn't. I don't see any real spots where there's major liabilities, uh, and it's a testament to um, what the new regime um, was able to do. Now, of course, we all have to see how this plays out, but. Yeah, those are a couple, a couple of the names and spots I, I, I would I would spend a little bit of that money uh, if I was sitting in Dave Ziggler's office. It sure, sure would be fun. I'll bring in Odell in. Odell Beckham Jr. as a uh, midseason slash trade slash upgrade. <laughs> you keep him in the building, you get him right, and Gets then you, healthy, un- yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you unveil him. Uh, mid-season. Splashy, uh, Sam. Very splashy. Exactly. I, I, I like the bomb. <laughs> Thank you. I like the bombs you're dropping uh, this morning, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate uh, appreciate uh, We appreciate you, Sam. Uh, thanks so much for spending your morning with us today uh, on the Morning Tailgate Show. Uh, we'll talk to you down the road, my good friend. Uh, no doubt. Anytime. Appreciate y'all. Talk soon. Odell. Talk soon, Sam. Odell. I think Raider Nation would be psyched about that. Yeah, I've been thinking about a lot of these big ticket names, too. And you got the Dante Hightower name floating around in the universe as well. And Domicon Sue floating around the universe no, as well. No. Yeah, I know that that's all but a close What about story. Anthony Barr? Yeah, there's another one. There's so many names right now that could be, but we know a lot of them aren't, like you said, Vinny, they're not training camp guys. So <laughs> Odell, we know, needs to get healthy. Well, uh, definitely. Hit yeah, him. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we'll have to 
see if they fall into place uh, at all to you know, for the Raiders to be able to start writing some checks. Right. But we'll, we'll see what happens uh, as it comes around. But there's a lot of intriguing names still out there. There, there are. Um, I've always been advised this. There's usually a reason why they're still out there uh, this time <laughs> uh, of year. So uh, Maybe they're a 32-year-old linebacker. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Our thanks again uh, to Sam Gordon. You're uh, spending your morning with us uh, on the Morning Tailgate Show. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. Now back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Salmon Ash text line. Text the keyword RNR followed by your message to 69187. We're talking rosters. We're talking rankings. We're talking second-year players taking big steps forward. We're talking rookies, who's going to earn roles among the writers' rookie class. We're talking X factors, Heidi Fang and Devon Cotton. I love that term, X factor. Well, you know, it's really funny too. I like the X Men. But oh, I don't know who I could tell you my favorite X Men was, but I was always partial to Rogue, mm. not the way they put her in the movie because that was just a blasphemy. But you're uh, speaking French to me, right? The, now. When I talked to Clay this morning, he said his topic was going to be if the Raiders made a move. What would it be? So, like, who could be another? Uh, we were talking about that too before the break. So I yeah. thought about. You know, X factors. Who could who could be somebody? And when I think Sam nailed both of those things when he said Odell Beckham Jr. It's just crazy to think one that you could have that tandem, right. and two, how much would that change the locker room dynamic, if at all? Yeah, well, uh, that's what everyone thought when he went to Los Angeles and he fit right in. And mm-hmm. it was so interesting. I remember going on. Um, a Los Angeles radio station uh, with Rodney Pete, our good friend Rodney Pete, and Fred Rogan out in L.A. And it was the day that Odell signed uh, with the Rams. And and Rodney Pete said, man, you know, the Raider, the Rams already have Robert Woods. They've got Cooper Cup. They had a couple of young players, um, you know, that were ascending uh, as well. He's like, do you think this is overkill? And I said, Rodney, you know, we're talking about, what is it? It's the it's mid-October, early October. We don't know what the Rams roster or any roster is going to look like in a week yeah. or two weeks. And literally, literally the next day, Robert Woods tears his knee in practice. It wasn't even a, a contact drill. He's out for the year, and all of a sudden, Odell, who at that, who a day before looked like overkill, or do the, do the Rams really need another wide receiver? Yeah. Became a pretty important piece. Nece- necessary, definitely necessary piece. And then the same way that he had a fluky injury, so did Odell. Right. Yeah, when the way he caught that ball, and you're like, what happened? Right. Yeah. And, and then you look back at the slow mo, and you see his knee just go on a pivot, and it's just like, man. He was headed, I think, to winning the MVP award in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely on track. Come on, Stan Kroenke put some uh, grass in that stadium. <laughs> 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 they might, they might, uh, they might end up doing that. Yeah, I agree. I think the the grass is is the way to go. That's how they was do the it. Was the grass greener? The grass was definitely not green <laughs> that day for the Cincinnati Bengals or Odell. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, here's the thing: we talk about additions, we talk about the Raiders bringing in uh, other players. There's also uh, something to be said for this, and I've been told this as well. Look, it's time to find out what we really got here. You know, and the only way you find out what you have is you, you you've built this roster. Um, throw it out there in training camp uh, and and honestly see what you've got. And I think the Raiders have a pretty good idea of what they have after a couple of months of an offseason program, the mini camps, the OTAs, getting them on the field, getting them in the classroom, the whole uh, combination of those things plays a big role in this. So I think the Raiders, to be honest with you, are at a point now where they're 
Let's just see what we got at this point. We feel pretty good about it. Let's go let these guys prove what we the confidence that we showed them showed in them by signing them or bringing them in or signing them back or whatever the case might be. It definitely does seem that way. It seems like Ziggler has kind of folded up his fingers, laced him up, put him behind his head, and said, "Yeah." I just want to breathe a minute, see how this plays out. Look what happens when everyone reports to training camp, see what I've got in my rookies for those couple days that they get in before the vets, and then like, just give it all its chance to play out, let everyone get healthy, because there's a lot of guys, especially from the running back department, that we haven't been able to see yet on the field. There's people that have been working out, in, you know, like Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, um, that, that we know haven't really been on the field that much, Denzel Good. A lot of people that really could uh, help the Raiders benefit in the long term when they do make their return. So that's something that I want to wait on as well, see how everybody that they do have shakes out. Then if you need to make some additions, I'm pretty sure, like you said, many a lot of the names on that list aren't going to necessarily be like picked up like a hotcake, you know, until some until, of those guys are yeah, going to be there at the end of later. training camp mm-hmm. in, in, in mid training mm-hmm. camp. Uh, you're listening to the morning tailgate show, Vinny Monster, Heidi Fang and Damon Cotton. When we get back, we'll continue to talk about who that X factor might be and are at the Raiders at the point now where just roll it out there, see what you got and then make some decisions later on in training camp. If you feel like you need to go get something else. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. <laughs> 